Transform Church presents a life-giving message to encourage you to live your life in the power and grace of Jesus Christ. We believe this message will challenge and empower you to walk in faith and courage. Now let's get into the Word. Now let's open up our Bibles. We're going to the book of 2 Kings this morning, chapter number 6. Read verses 8 to 17. Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel. And he consulted with his servants saying, My camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God, speaking about Elisha here, sent to the king of Israel saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him, and he was watchful there, not just once or twice. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which one of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king. But Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. So he said, go and see where he is, that I may send and get him. And was told him, surely he is in Dothan. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And a servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire and around Elisha. Let's pray. Father, Lord God, we thank you this morning. We honor you and we bless you. We praise you for you are God. There's none like you. There's none beside you. Father, I pray this morning that you will come into this place and begin to do a work like is no other. That you'll begin to touch lives. You'll begin to renew relationship. That you'll begin to empower your people. That, Lord, we will leave here changed forever by your glory. And Lord, I pray this morning that you'll pull down every stronghold of the enemy, every obstacle, every snare, every trap that the enemy is trying to put into the lives of your children. And Lord, you bring it to void. You destroy it. You don't let it succeed. But Lord, you bring about your will that you will bless us, that you will cover us with your presence, that you fill us up, Lord God, with your anointing. Lord, I I pray this morning that you will have free course with your word, that it may do what it's designed to do, that you remove these lips of clay, remove this flesh, and let your spirit have his way. I thank you, I honor you, and I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you put your hands together and just give him some praise? You know, we encounter a situation here where Elisha, the prophet, the man of God, he has taken over the mantle of the prophet from Elijah, who is his master and gone away. But Elisha comes on the scene, and some of the miracles that Elisha does are greater than that of Elijah. We find here now that there is a time 
in this particular text that the children of Israel are at war with, the, with Syria. And like any great strategian, any great general, you know, the king of Syria sits around and he gets into his room and he strategizes and he puts together plans on how to overcome his enemy, how to overcome and defeat the things that he wants to go to war with. And so he brings his generals around, he brings his, uh, you know, his army and all those other people, they gather around the table and they begin to plan strategy on how to defeat Israel. Now, at the same time, Elisha in Israel, praying and having communication with God, and God supernaturally reveals to him the plans that the king of Syria is doing right in his tent or in his home all the way in Syria. And so Elisha goes to the king of Israel and he says, the Lord has spoken to me and revealed the plan of the enemy. And so what you need to do is you need to remove your troops, remove your people from this area because that's where he's setting a trap for you. So the king of Israel obviously listened to the prophet of God and then he removed his troops. And so the king of Syria really began to question. And he's like, you know what? Do we have a spy in the midst? Do we have some imposter? Do we have someone who is working with the enemy? Because every time I plan something and it's a great plan, somehow... Israel seems to find out. And my great plans, my great strategy, it doesn't come about. It fails. Nothing happens. So there must be a spy in my house or in my camp or in my army that is really telling Israel the secret strategy that we discuss. And so, you know, one of his, one of his generals or one of his guys goes, really, king, that's not the deal. The deal is they have a prophet in Israel. His name is Elisha. And he's the one that is revealing your strategy. Because even if you discuss things in secret where you think no one can hear, God hears and reveals to his man, the prophet. You know, blindness, spiritual blindness and natural blindness, is really the absence to see, to perceive, to understand, and to discern. Oftentimes, as human beings, the Bible really encourages us not to look with our natural eyes, but to look with our spiritual eyes. Because so often in our life, we are confounded and we are entranced by everything we see. Because when we see something right before us, that's what captures our attention. And we don't see some motive or design or strategy behind what we see in front of our eyes. And so oftentimes, as we said last week, when you see something before you, you don't see something behind. So your natural eyesight blinds your spiritual eyesight. Because you don't perceive beyond what your natural eyes see. And so oftentimes the Bible says, open up the eyes, open up the eyes of your heart, open up your spiritual eyes. Him that has a hear, let him hear. Him that has eyes, let him see. Because you have eyes, Jesus said, but you don't really see. Now, it's not talking about natural eyesight. It's not talking about our perception to see things. It's talking about the discernment that should come with your spiritual eyes, but it's not come to pass because you've just encapsulated everything in your natural eyes. We get to the place where Elisha is surrounded by these chariots of the enemy. 
But what he sees and what his servant sees are completely two different things. They're both looking at the same thing, but his perception is different from Elisha's perception. See, the point that we want to make this morning is that God gives us spiritual discernment. God gives us spiritual insight. God wants us to see beyond what is in the natural into the supernatural realm. Because it's in that realm that God continues to pour out resources, to pour out his blessings, to pour out his favor. And if you don't understand that God is for you, you'll never understand that God will give you the victory. And you'll find out then you have to fight your own battles because there's nothing else you perceive than the obstacle in front of you. So you feel like, well, I have to come up with some sort of strategy to defeat the enemy. I have to come up with a solution. I have to invent ways of giving myself the victory. When you don't realize that God is always there with you, that God wants to design victory in your life, but you don't perceive that because you're so entranced by what is before your eyes. If one thing the text before us tells us, it tells us this, that we do have an enemy. That he is real. And that he plans to give us defeat. He plans to defeat us. He plans to come into our life and design things to give us failure and subject us, put us under oppression and never let us free. One of the great themes of the Bible is that the children of God are constantly under oppression from the enemy are constantly taken into captive by the enemy, and God, in His infinite mercy, comes continually to set us free. He breaks the bands of the enemy. He destroys the yoke of the enemy, and He continues time after time, right through the Old Testament into the very New Testament, of the one who has come to set us free. One of the proclamations of Jesus Christ is that He has come to set captives free. And God hates oppression. God hates that we are under some authority of the enemy. God hates that we are spiritually blind. He wants to come. And so he reveals himself in so many marvelous ways. And one of the revelation of God is that God is light. John says this. That in the darkness, there's no perception. But God reveals himself to be light. And the darkness cannot comprehend the light. Because darkness must flee in the presence of light. So God presents himself in this fashion. That he is the bringer and the giver of life. Because he wants to get us free from the oppression of the enemy. Wants to release us into true authority that God has designed us to have. As children, as kings, and as priests of the most high God. Not as prisoners, not as captives, not as one who has been changed into oppression, but one who has come to set us free from the chains of oppression. God has always done that. But see, oftentimes when we go through our battles, when we go through our our struggles in life, at our workplace, at our home, in our marriages, and even in church, the enemy comes and whispers in your ear. The enemy comes and designs things in your marriage to separate husband and wife. Puts whispers into your ear telling you, oh, he's like that and she's like this and don't you know what she's thinking about you? At a workplace, he puts things in your ear and says, your boss doesn't like you. You're not doing a good job. You're not doing anything that's worthwhile. He talks about parents to children and children to parents. 
dividing families, destroying things, trying to rip apart the sanctimony of God. God designs to bring us together in unity. And so the enemy comes to separate us and divide us. Because you see, a divided house cannot stand. A divided family cannot make it. Divided relationships can't get you anywhere. Because you know what he's interested in doing? Interested in spending all of your resources and all of your time arguing, fighting, trying to build or trying to rip apart. And you don't have any time to do the true work you were designed to do is impact and destroy his kingdom. But you're busy trying to build and destroy your own kingdom and the kingdom of the enemy begins to prosper. And so the real aim of the enemy is not really to destroy your marriage, not only to destroy your relationships, but to destroy your function in the kingdom. And when you don't have a function, you are just there. You know, in fact, the enemy doesn't care if you come to church. He doesn't care if you're sitting on a bench. In fact, he'll sit there right next to you. Because he's not interested. You're not a threat if you come to church. You're a threat... If you do something to impact this kingdom, if you're pulling down strongholds, if you get into the word of God, you begin to pray, you begin to cast out things, you begin to take authority over your family, you begin to take authority in your workplace, you begin to stand up and say, you've come, you've obstructed me, you've taken me out of place, but I'm not going any further. I'm making a stand. I'm going to stand right here. I'm not going to back up anymore, but I declare in the name of Jesus, who has given me victory in every situation, that I will take ground. When God spoke to Joshua, listen to this. When God spoke to Joshua, he says, Joshua, do not be afraid. I'm with you. Why? Because you're going forward into enemy territory. But the victory in your life, Joshua, is not determined by me. It's determined by you. Because I've already given you victory wherever you go. He says, wherever you put your foot, I've already given to you. Which means, as long as you put your foot down, God stamps it with victory. Which means that as long as you step forward, God is giving you victory. But if you stand still and say, well, God, what's happening? There's no victory because you're standing in victory, but you're not taking ground. You're not taking territory. You're not taking uh, authority over the enemy. You need to step forward in faith. Because God assures you that he's with you forever. He has not left you or forsaken you. He hasn't abandoned you. But wherever you take territory, wherever you take ground, then God is with you. What you need to realize is that you're not defeated in your marriage. You're not defeated in your church. You're not defeated at your workplace. You're not defeated in your family. You need to step forward and say, Lord, I'm taking ground. I'm taking inroads into this relationship. I'm taking inroads into my family. That child is not lost. That family member is not lost. I'm claiming them in the name of Jesus. I'm putting my foot down and you've assured me that wherever I put my foot down, I've all already got the victory don't back up don't surrender never give up because God is with you and more than that he assures us the battle is not ours but his he's not asking you to fight the battle he's just telling you to step down and plant a banner of victory in that situation the Lord is our banner Jehovah Nissi 
we have victory. We are assured of victory in every situation. If we don't build ourselves up in the knowledge of God, in the word of God, in what he does in our life, we struggle with problems in our life. Because now you think your boss is the problem. Now you think your husband is the problem. Or your wife is the problem. Or your kids are the problem. But they're not the problem. The enemy is the problem. And we don't have strategies to deal with him. And that's why I said we are fighting a battle, but we are fighting the wrong enemy. You see, say you're in a battle. You back in the day, you know, they give you a sword, they give you a shield, and they're like, okay, off you go to war. We'll train you, we'll equip you, we'll show you how to fight, but we can't fight for you. You need to fight. Right? So they train you, and you're off in the battle. So you're there, jolly going along, going to the battle, and you're fighting people. I'm not so jolly, probably. <laughs> and so you, you get into battle, and then you have this guy come at you at a horse, on a horse, rather. And he comes to fight you on a horse. Who do you fight? The horse. That's what we do. We fight the horse. Because the horse is not the problem. The soldier on the horse is the problem. But we're busy trying to fight the horse, you know. Stab the horse. Weave with the horse. And the guy's over there striking us down. But we are distracted by this. See, sometimes the enemy is behind The person who is attacking you. You don't attack the enemy forcefully. You don't beat up the person. You don't beat up the horse. Because if you even kill the horse, you've not won the battle. Because the guy is still there who is going to kill you. Well, you're busy trying to kill this dead horse. And the horse is on the ground and you're slashing at it. And he's standing there and he just has to walk up and go, chick. So often in life, we spend an inordinate amount of resources fighting the wrong person. The church down the street is not the problem. They're not the enemy. The person sitting next to you is not the enemy. The pastor is not your enemy. The people in church who might be gossiping about you is not the enemy. It's the enemy who is orchestrating it behind. And see... The king of Syria was behind the scenes trying to destroy, but God gives us insight. And that's why spiritual vision, spiritual insight is greater than natural things. Because if all you see is the person gossiping about you, well, then you'll talk about them. You'll go against them. You'll try to pull them down. And that doesn't help you. That destroys the church. But the enemy is the one trying to split apart the church. And so you're busy complaining about Joe or Mary, or Sue, but it's not them, it's the enemy. And we need to realize that when we get to our place of prayer, when we get to our place of communion, God will give us heavenly strategies to combat earthly problems. And oftentimes we try to deal with spiritual problems in earthly fashion. But we don't fight a warfare in the flesh. Ephesians 6 tells us that. We don't fight a warfare in our flesh. We fight spiritual warfare. And if you show up to the battle with the wrong equipment or with the wrong mindset, you've already set yourself up for failure. God 
wants us to be fully equipped. David, on his mighty men of valor, had a people who were called the sons of Issachar. They weren't warriors. They didn't go into battle. But the Bible says that they had knowledge of the time and the seasons they were in. They were the strategists that were behind the scenes, that were like Elisha, who gave David spiritual insight into the battlefield. Make no mistake, you might not be in a physical battle in your life. You don't, might not have a sword or a shield, but you're in a battle every single day of your life. You're fighting a battle. Because the enemy wants to destroy you, to kill you, and to erase your identity and tell you that you are good for nothing. And he does it constantly through every single avenue he can. He can he'll do it through your family. He'll do it through your work. He'll do it through relationships. He'll come to pull you down and tell you that you're good for nothing. And if you don't have heavenly strategies for earthly issues, you will lose the battle because you have no insight into the plans of the enemy. The Bible says that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We have been given the knowledge to combat the enemy. To take his hands off your life. Are you tired of the enemy's hands on your life? Every time you feel like moving forward, he pulls something away and you fall back. You try, you try to move ahead in a job and he takes it away. You try to move ahead in your relationship and he puts a wedge. You try to move ahead in every single area of your life and he takes it away from you. Are you sick and tired of constantly losing? Because I am. I've had enough. I don't want him to come and touch anything that belongs to me because God has given it to me. And this is God's property. No one else's property, but God's property. And so God wants us to be fully equipped, understanding where we are, understanding what we do, understanding that the enemy is out to give us destruction, but God is going to give you wisdom and knowledge and insight to come against those plans of the enemy, to destroy the works of the enemy. He says here to Timothy, Paul talking to Timothy, and he says this, listen, study and be eager and do your utmost to present yourself to God approved. And then he says, this is the Amplified Version, it says, tested by trial. A workman who has no cause to be ashamed, correctly analyzing and accurately dividing, rightly handling and skinfully teaching the word of God. That means, he says, another version says that you are fully equipped. Did you know that God equips you? He doesn't send you out to the battle ill-equipped. He doesn't send you out with a lack of resources. He sends you out well-equipped. He has given you the resources. He has given you the knowledge. And the most important resource we have is the Word of God. It's the sword of the Spirit. But if we don't know how to use the battle, the, the weapon, then we are ineffective in our warfare. We're ineffective when the enemy attacks us. He'll just overwhelm us. And you know, the good thing about God is even when we don't know how to fight the battle, he fights for us. It's amazing. You know, this amazing passage gives us illustration of this. One, 
God is omniscient. He knows everything. Never get the impression that God doesn't understand what you're going through. He knows exactly what you're going through. And he provides solutions constantly for it. But if we're not in communion with him, if we're not in communication with him, it's not that he hasn't given us strategies, it's that we don't hear the strategies. We don't see the strategies. And therefore, what that results in is stress, pain, heartache, and brokenness. God is fighting for us. He is on our side. He wants to give us victory continually and constantly. Elisha was standing there when the enemy sent all the power against him. And this is what I want you to understand this morning, if you don't understand anything else. Elisha and his servant stood up there and looked. There were two of them. The situation was the same, but two of them saw two different things. Understand that. What are you seeing? What are you perceiving? Because your perception should not be the natural, it should be the supernatural revelation that God gives you. So he's standing there, and Elisha's standing next to him, and he says, Elisha, the enemy has surrounded us with all of these chariots and armies, and there's no hope for us. We're about to be destroyed. There's no hope. We're going to be captured, we're going to be taken to the enemy's camp, we're going to be killed. There's no hope for us. But listen to Elisha's response. Elijah didn't freak out. He didn't stress out. He didn't run around in a panic going, Ah! I'm about to die. No. He was calm. He was collected. And he said, Those who are for us are more than those who are against us. Understand that. Those who are for you, God is for you. God is for you. It doesn't matter who can come against you. God is going to give you the victory. That's what you're designed to do. God is going to give you the victory in every situation. But he couldn't see the victory and understand what that means. Because he couldn't see It caused him to be anxious. It caused him to be stressed. It caused him to go into a worry. It caused him to freak out. It caused all these reactions because he couldn't see God's provision. And that's that's how we are sometimes. We're flesh and we struggle in the flesh. And we have a thing that comes in front of us and it freaks us out because it's just so insurmountable. It's so hard. It's so difficult. And we're just like, God, I don't know if I can get through the situation. I'm freaking out here. And God's saying, hold on a second. Stop looking with your natural eyes and stop for a second and see the supernatural, the provision that I'm about to give you. And so the challenge here is are you Elisha or are you the servant? 
Are you the one praying that others may see? Or are you the one praying, Lord, let me see? Because if you're praying, let me see, then you need to find yourself in all of the things that the church is doing to equip you. And you wonder why you struggle. You wonder why you go through heartache. You wonder why you go through pain. You wonder why you go through struggle. Because you don't have knowledge of the soul. And you can't fight with a soul, without a soul. Every week, right here in our St. Norman's campus, we have resources provided for you. We can't force you to come. We invite you. It's up to you when you take that cause up and equip your life. Because God is providing resources to equip you. The choice ultimately and always has ever been yours. It'll always be yours. But if you're struggling through life and over and over finding defeat, what are you doing to change the cycle of your life? What are you doing to break out of that routine that you've been defeated over and over and over again and you're comfortable now, you're happy, you're fine getting defeated. Would you like victory? Do something you've never done. Equip yourself to deal with the schemes of the enemy because he's out to destroy your life. And if you don't understand what he's doing, you're already lost half the battle. And God can step in and give you victory, but the stress, the worry, the concern, the anxiousness, that's all of your worry because you haven't learned what God says in that situation to give you victory. Stand with me this morning. Thank you for listening. We encourage you to use what you have heard to live a blessed life. For more resources, messages, and information, please visit our website at transformchurch.org.au. God bless you.